It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Spooky Boo with today's episode of the creepy and the weird stories of the internet. These stories may or may not be true. Many are creepypasta. Some are urban legends and campfire stories, while others are true stories told by individuals. First, I'd like to invite you to watch Creature Features with me on Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Pacific. You can watch on YouTube and chat in the chat room with my friends and I. Check out CreatureFeatures.tv for the YouTube site. Also, subscribe to my other podcast, Scary Storytime, where I write the macabre tales of a mystical town of Sandcastle, California. Get all of my podcasts commercial-free at www.patreon.com spookyboo-scary-storytime for all of the stories I tell, plus other fun goodies. Now let's begin. Accidents happen. A creepy pasta. Like the back of my hand, as the saying goes, she'd made literate of the saying, for that surface of her hand had become a familiar sight as the days passed. The top side of her hands. During class, while the teacher's voice echoed mindlessly at the front of the room, she'd stare at the top side of her hands that she kept laying on top of her desk, her mind galaxies away. She was numb to the noise, Numb to it all, to the words thrown her way, to the shoulders she received in the hallways, all of it. She stopped caring long ago, and still, she couldn't comprehend why they still did. Wayland, she was noticed. Wayland turned her dark green eyes from her hands, which were laid flat on her desk, to her teacher. The teacher gave her a sharp pay attention, and continued on with the exercise like always. She went back to staring at her hands and fell back into the gray oblivion where one's notice was non-existent. There was a unit of chemistry that she'd come to understand. The social world was an invisible circle. At the center, the nucleus of that circle were the people considered to be attractive. Outside that group, there was a thin line of geniuses who people respected in hopes of getting something in the future in return. 
After that was a scattered group of beings that were targeted for bullying. Waylon was not a part of any of those groups. She was on the outside of the circle, in the abyss of gray fog. It was a haze that no one cared about. She was somewhere in that fog, unconsidered and unobtrusive. She used to simply observe the inner circle, try and understand what made her so dissimilar in comparison to them. She eventually gave up and fell in love with the pros of having to worry about nothing other than herself. The empty canvas of her sketchbook paper was all she needed. She didn't need to see the real world when she could create alternate universes of her own. She never pays attention, someone said. Yeah, she's probably stupid. There's definitely something wrong with her. Waylon favored darker clothing over lighter and made her feel warmer in spite the fact that she was always cold, even when the sun lashed its golden fingers on her for hours. Her pale skin would still rise if she removed her black, light sweater. Class field trip! Those unusual words caught Waylon's attention. She held her medium-length dark brown hair out in front of her face to look at the teacher. We will all be visiting Thede Lake next week to observe the water quality in comparison to roadside streams. Minutes later, permission slips were handed out. The next day, Waylon handed in hers, and a week later she was riding on a bright yellow bus with her classmates towards a location. Due to the fact that it was winter, the bus windows were coated with white frost on the outside, and the blurred trees they passed were loaded with fresh snow. She kept to the window with her legs pulled up, her knees on the back seat in front of her. She could faintly make out her reflection in the window, and was fascinated by the dimension within the glass. The ability to clone reality was amazing. You know, Thede Lake said backwards his death lake, someone said. That's stupid and cheesy, someone else responded. What a dumb name, she thought. Besides, if it had any actual meaning, they wouldn't be off on a field trip to it. Most of the day went as she had expected. Boring and pointless. The only thing that had caught her attention was the giant reflection of the sky and trees around that the frozen lake portrayed. While the class was taking samples from a near pond, Waylon wandered towards the shore and stared down at the frozen hydration. She tapped her toe testingly on its surface, gradually adding pressure until she was leaning all of her weight onto its unfaulting surface. She stepped onto it. Nothing. Not a single crack. She took a few steps forward, yet it remained stable. She watched her twin under the ice as she traveled further out onto the lake, her classmates' faded voices becoming no more than a murmur in the distance. There was a vast, cold sucking noise, followed by a sudden noise that resembled thunder, the ice below her breaking away in an instant. The sound of her scream split the still air like a gunshot in a library. She watched as her reflection suddenly disappeared, and she was being sucked into the liquid mirror that waited below the ice's devious surface. Unbearable coldness covered her entire body, pinching her skin like millions of tiny fingernails, soaking her clothes and making them heavy. 
She pinned her pale lips closed as she felt herself being tossed around as she was sucked under the ice. She tried to swim up for air, but all she could feel was the hard surface above. She clawed desperately at the ice, her lungs aching and her body burning for air. It felt as if her chest was being repeatedly stabbed, her joints went stiff, and she was suddenly sinking. She could see someone standing over the ice, but she couldn't tell who, for their figure was too blurred to make out. She was suddenly seeing the world from behind, a different perspective, and it dizzied her. Time itself stopped, and she could hear everything. She could hear the creaking noises of the heavy ice above as it gracefully hummed to itself like a massive whale. Her ears and bones began to ache as the water pressure squeezed at her body the lower she sunk. Then she couldn't hear anything, and she could only feel the everlasting cold. Yet she was no longer drowning. Her perspective had risen with her final breath and she was as light as air. She was staring through the eyes of the ice, watching as her classmates stared in horror from the shores. She stared through the eyes of their reflections. Her body was already beginning to decay at the bottom of the lake. The kids were sent home, and Waylon was left alone, trapped inside the ice. People were sent to retrieve her body, but they were unsuccessful. She watched as two of the last people searching for her body spoke amongst themselves before they left. Why do you think she died? One of them asked, scratching at the back of his head. The second worker shrugged. Accidents happen. What an odd saying, Waylon thought. For months, no one visited the lake besides passing animals that licked at or scurried across its surface. As spring came, the ice melted and her vision became blurry with the water. Then, she was staring at the face of a jogger, forced to clone his every moment. She moved into his glasses and became the reflection of his eyes. She could make him blink if she wanted to. The jogger went home to his bathroom to shower off, and she leapt into his bathroom mirror. As he shaved his beard in front of her, she decided to test something. She made him add a slight bit of extra pressure to his cheek. And like fragile cheese, his skin broke open. Blood trickled along the side of his skin. He cursed and dabbed it up with his towel. Waylon moved into the glass of the jogger's bedroom window and watched him as he slept. She moved into the silver of his fork as he ate breakfast, then the faint glimmer of his nails as he went to work. She became his computer screen and watched him work all day. She observed his life for weeks, eventually considering herself his friend. That's what friends were for, right? Someone who knew every aspect of your life. Then, on the last night as he was showering off, she no longer became his reflection, but her own. Before she died, he stared in shock at his mirror as he stepped out of the shower when he no longer saw himself. She continued to mimic his movements, still holding the ability to make him do something in a small way by her will. After a while, the jogger downed some pills and went to sleep. The next morning, when he found it still was not his own reflection in the mirror, he began to get nervous. Not wanting to admit psychotics, he resumed his day as normal. At the end of the day, he once again went to shower. When he stepped out, Waylon was standing still. 
her green eyes being the only moving part on her body, as she tracked his every movement. The jogger suspiciously eyed the mirror, yet mindlessly continued his daily routine of shaving his beard after he stepped out of the shower. "'Hello, my friend,' Waylon said, finally, a small smile upturning her dead lips. He stumbled back in shock, putting his back to the wall and staring wide-eyed at Waylon. "'You spoke!' "'Yes,' Waylon made him pick the razor back up that he dropped on the ground." She made him continue to shave his face. She made the razor dig in too deep, causing a long cut along his neck. Accidents happen, she said. The next morning, she made him miss his breakfast when he went to pick up his scrambled egg with his fork, instead plunging it into his own hand. Accidents happen, Wayland said. Wayland had fallen in love with the jogger, and in the moment of time, she watched him. How could she not? However, she spent her entire life watching others happy. It was interesting to watch them frightened or pained. At work, she made him accidentally knock over the coffee machine filled with boiling hot coffee onto his arm. When he took a shower that night, she made him take seven pills instead of three. The jogger seemed to be losing his mind. That morning, it was snowing out. The car windows were iced over, but the jogger was running late for work and didn't take the time to let them defrost. As he drove along the slick road, Waylon made the jogger take a sharp left turn as he approached the bridge, sending the car speeding into a frozen lake. The ice shattered and the car plunged underwater. Waylon made the jogger lock the doors and roll the windows down. She made the jogger keep his seatbelt on and drown. Before the jogger died, he asked his reflection, Why? Accidents happen, Waylon said. Waylon waited in the lake until a student from a near school came down to the water to gaze and wonder at the car under the surface, and Waylon became the girl's sunglasses, blinking in sync with her. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. My First Friend A Creepypasta by Shinigami Eyes I lived in San Antonio when I was little. I remember running around in the yard behind a white picket fence. There may have been burglar bars on many of the windows in the neighborhood I lived in, but at the time, that was the least of my concerns. I cared far more about the next My Little Pony doll or unicorn plush I could get next, as my parents pampered and spoiled me. I still remember my favorite outfit, too. I had these little black tie-up dress shoes, white leggings, a pink tutu, and a giant pink parka. It never really got cold enough for me to need it, though, that I wore everywhere I got the chance to. My parents let me wear almost anything I wanted to, so as long as I was covered up well enough to be decent. 
I was four or so, so my dad always tied my shoes for me, but quite often they'd come untied. I really did get sick of running up to him and pointing to my shoes and putting on the pout. But I remember one night when it got pretty late, and I kept walking up out of my little twin-sized bed. I looked out the window. Out of my yard, I saw a little girl in a yellow dress jumping rope. Why was she dressed for Easter in August? She appeared to be six. Her hair was a very dark brown. She looked like she could have been half Hispanic. She looked very happy, but I just had to stare. What was she doing in our yard? I knew my dad had closed and locked the gate. Without thinking, I went outside. The doorknob was a little hard to reach, but I had a stool for that. Stepping out in my footy pajamas, I approached the little girl. Why are you up so late? She stared at me and giggled. I don't have to sleep. Why not? You don't have to sleep when you're like me. At the time, I had no concept of ghosts. I didn't ask any questions, so I just smiled. Well, can I be like you, too? I don't think your mom and dad would be very happy. I still didn't understand, but I just nodded. What's your name? Oh, my name is Emily. At that point, I heard my parents call for me. I knew my rear end would be beaten red. I swiftly waved back and ran into the open door. Who were you talking to, sweetie? My mother asked me. I was just glad it wasn't my dad. He would have spanked the heck out of me. Oh, I was just talking to Emily. Okay, sweetie. Mom was always nice about things like that. Good night, Emily. It's time for my little girl to go to bed. When I looked out the window, I didn't see her anymore. Did my mom calling for me scare her away? I hope not. I wanted to see her again. After I went to bed, it wasn't hard for me to fall asleep. I had a dream where Emily and I were running through a field of black-eyed Susans, playing tag. I slept very soundly. When I woke up, I could smell breakfast cooking. I heard you made a new friend last night. Could you try to make friends a little earlier? My dad gave a jovial smile. I just smiled back. I couldn't help how late she showed up. Okay, Daddy, I said agreeably. I had two tiny pancakes and a few of those tiny sausages. I loved those. My father went off to work and at about 11, after my little tea party, even though I just had juice with stuffed animals, I went outside to play. I was wearing my favorite little tie-up shoes and my mom was busy and dad was at work. Surprisingly, I turned around and Emily was right there. I was happy to see her. I smiled widely. She did notice I was staring at my shoes, though. Hers weren't much different. She leaned downward and untied hers and tied them again slowly so I could do it step by step. After that, we just chased each other around the yard. Soon, I saw my mom staring out the window, seeming a little confused. When it was time for dinner, she called me in. My shoe came untied when I got inside and I bent down and tied it myself. My mom lifted a confused eyebrow. When did you learn to do that? She asked, seeming baffled. Emily taught me. Your imaginary friend? I didn't know what to say at that point. I just shrugged. When my dad got home, my mom talked to him. My father had a staunch disbelief in spirits. She probably just learned it on TV, 
while you were cleaning up the bedroom. Don't be silly. I heard them fussing at each other. I hated times like this. I just huffed and puffed fussily and walked back outside to look at the setting sun. Emily just appeared again. I'm sorry, she said. It's okay, they'll stop soon. I think I can play again tomorrow. She only smiled, but then her smile faded quickly. Do you want to know something? I was confused as she asked that. Know what? Is it a secret? I giddily smiled. It's a big secret. Go to Eastview Cemetery. Why? At the time, I didn't know what a cemetery was. That's why. Look at the family plot that says Gonzales. Okay, Emily, I'm getting sleepy. I think I'll go to bed. When I spoke, she was already gone. The next morning, I asked my dad what a cemetery was. He gave me a strange look. Well, why do you want to know that? Emily told me to go there. I'm supposed to find something. The color drained from his face. My mother was just standing by the refrigerator with one of her ever-so-common I-told-you-so looks on her face, clearly directed at my dad. It was Sunday, so he had no work. I guess we can go find what she wants you to look for. I nodded. He was losing faith in the idea that Emily was imaginary. When we arrived there, I found a fairly new-looking family plot labeled Gonzales. I was just looking around, and though I was young, I already could read very well. I saw an Alfonso Gonzalez, born in 1956, and a Rachel Gonzalez, born in 1967. Alfonso died in 1987, but it seemed like Rachel, who I guessed was his wife, was still alive. My father had a strange look on his face, his lips flattened, and he kept sweeping what hair he had left over his widening ball spot. I found your friend. Emily Gonzalez was born on April 3rd, 1981, and apparently lost her life in July of 1987. She was my first friend, and I will never forget her. Every time I tie my shoes, I remember her smiling brown eyes. After that day, I didn't see her very much anymore. Do, do you know? She asked. I tried so very hard to smile but all I could do was cry. She couldn't grow up with me. She would be trapped there until her spirit could rest. In 1987, there was a fire in the same yard we lived in. Alfonso ran into the house to rescue Emily, and both of them perished in the fire. I asked my dad if I could go meet Rachel, but he only told me that wouldn't be very nice. The next spring, though my sightings of Emily became more and more sparse, I never forgot her. I still had dreams of what it would be like to grow up with her, what it would be like to go to school with her, and even what kind of mother she would have been. Every time I woke from those dreams, I would cry. She could never have that. Death was so mean. Around that time, my father decided it was time to move. He wanted me to go to school in a better neighborhood, as gang activity in that part of San Antonio was on the rise. Daddy? I asked after most of our things were packed. What is it, honey? Can I go out to that big field of flowers you showed me and mommy? He only smiled. It was a good time of year for flowers. Of course. I just nodded to him and grabbed one of the pink ribbons that I wanted for my hair. It was really short at the time, so I don't know why I even grabbed it. And can we do something else, too? 
He only listened to me. I want to say goodbye to Emily. He bit his lip and walked away. I heard him talk to my mom for a minute, not angrily, though. She walked out of the room and hugged me. Dad always did this when he cried. He never wanted anyone else to be around when he did that. That afternoon, I went to the field. He just watched me play in the flowers and tie my shoes whenever they'd come undone. I could tell he still felt sad, but I didn't want to talk about it. My mom used to tell me that it would hurt his pride. Not that I knew what that meant. Upon seeing a group of black-eyed Susans, I paused to pick up a few and tie them up in the ribbon. They reminded me of Emily. The dark centers made me think of her eyes, and the yellow made me think of her dress. I walked up to my dad, and he nodded. We quietly went to the cemetery. He still bit his lip. I think I was growing up too fast for him. Finding Emily's grave, I set the flowers on it. This time, I cried. It wasn't because she was dead so much as because I probably wouldn't see her again. Goodbye, Emily. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is a true story submitted to Free Horror Stories on Reddit. I have a few short experiences to tell. This all started when I was about 12. I'm 19 now. My sister Zoe, father, stepmother at the time, and her two daughters, Jade and Maddie, were camping. We had only been there for a day and everything was fine. Then me and my sisters decided we were going to go to the stream by ourselves. My father gave us a walkie-talkie so he could keep in contact while we were gone. Now the place we were going to was surrounded by bush and to get there you had to go down a little path through it. We spent a while with our shoes off and splashing in the water when Jade said she could see someone standing amongst the trees. We all looked and saw a figure. It was black, but you could tell it was the shape of a man. You couldn't see the face. We stared for a few seconds and then he disappeared. We forgot about it and kept playing in the water, but I felt a little uneasy. A while later, we all looked back, wanting to know if he was still there. And he was. Everything was silent. I could hardly hear the rapids in the little stream. We stopped looking. After about 20 minutes, we headed back to the campsite. My sisters lingered behind, and I was about 20 meters ahead of them. But we couldn't see each other. I heard a twig snap behind me, and I turned to look. Assuming they had caught up with me. Nope. 
I turned to see the tall, black, dark figure, literally a foot behind me. So I started running. The whole time I could feel him close behind. I ran as fast as I could until I was out in the open campground. He was gone. My sisters came out not long after, and I told them what had happened. I asked, but none of them had seen him behind me. They were too far behind, and the path was windy, so they were around a corner for me most of the time. Throughout our camping trip, we didn't see him around as much, but occasionally would see him just standing there. Fast forward a couple of years and we go back there. With my father's new girlfriend and her daughter, Stella, I can't recall this trip as much, but I know for a fact that Stella saw him too. Three years ago, I started seeing him at my house, just anywhere and everywhere, really. One day, I was out in the backyard, and I started to lean down to pet my cat. When, in my peripheral vision, I saw him right behind me, I ignored him as he's never really done anything harmful, looking solely at my cat as to block him out. As I do, I feel a hand grab my hair and tug. I immediately spun around. There was nothing there. I went inside as I was a bit spooked. I now live with my boyfriend and I can't say 100% if I've seen it again. I sometimes see shadows move behind me in the reflection of the TV, but when I look behind me there's nothing so I just chalk it up to a trick of the light. I did hear something recently. This is the most recent event I've had. My boyfriend's alarm went off for work, waking me up. He switched it off, but laid in bed a bit longer. I was awake by then, facing my boyfriend's back, one eye closed as it was smushed against the pillow. Suddenly, I kid you not, I hear someone whisper my name in my ear. It was so clear and I could even feel cold breath on me. I sat up and said to my boyfriend, Did you say my name? He looked confused. He was just sitting there playing on his phone. No, he said he hadn't, which I believed, because it was a female's voice. This doesn't really relate to my other experience, but I thought I'd throw in there anyway. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.